0: Hello and welcome to the Body Acceptance Podcast. This podcast is for women who struggle to love and sometimes even like their bodies and who want to build a more loving relationship with themselves through experiencing more joy, pleasure, and confidence. Each week we'll cover topics ranging from body image, intuitive eating, self-love, and so much more. If you're ready to learn practical tips and tools for loving the skin you're in, then you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Body Acceptance Podcast. This week, we are going to talk about being sober, curious, my own personal thoughts of it, my experience with alcohol, and where I'm at with it because it's honestly been quite a journey. So before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am now releasing two videos a week on YouTube. So if you're listening right now on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can follow along. Or if you're listening, wherever you stream your podcast, you can hop onto YouTube using the show notes and come subscribe, hang out with me here. So Mondays I release uh, the weekly podcast episode in video form and then Wednesdays I release a weekly vlog just letting you know what's going on in my personal life not just with the brand but also what adventures that I've been going on living in Okinawa Japan because my weeks are just packed with a lot of fun and every week looks different no week is ever the same so so I came up with this topic this past weekend on let's see, when did we do karaoke? <laughs> so Saturday morning, I was laying on the couch hungover from a night of drinking and having fun and doing karaoke. And I just had this moment where I was like, why do I subject myself to this? And more specifically, I knew on that Friday afternoon or that Friday night I knew when I had hit the point of like, I'm satisfied here. I don't need to drink anymore, but I kept drinking. And I have a friend who also kept giving me some of her drinks. Um, She was like mixing beer and sake. And I knew that I didn't want any more, but I just kept taking it out of politeness as I do. And so it got me thinking so much about how my relationship with alcohol has been throughout my life and how much it's evolved and how much it still can hold me back in some ways and the ways that for me, sometimes it's hard to set boundaries and I'll get more into that, but I just kind of wanted to give you a synopsis of what this episode is going to be about. So I come from a line of alcoholics, at least on my mom's side. I'm not so sure about my dad's side. He doesn't talk much about his family or family history, but I know that on my mom's side, she grew up with an alcoholic mother and stepfather, and they were actually really abusive toward each other. My mom's mom, so my maternal grandmother is now, uh, she passed away when I was, I think around 18 years old. And so the most memories that I have of her were growing up. And as far as I remember, every time I saw her, or most times I saw her, she was drunk. But with her growing up, it wasn't like she was mean or like she was more so the funny grandma that would pretty much let you do get away with anything. So we'd stay the night there and sit in the hot tub with her and my step grandpa, or I just called him grandpa or we called him grumpa cause he was always grumpy. He would bring us snacks in the hot tub. And like I said, we just laughed and had a good time. And so drinking, it was something that was so normal in my childhood. We, my mom threw a lot of parties with our friends and family and people would come over and there was always alcohol available. Um, and obviously like she wasn't open to us drinking it or anything like that, but um, when we were younger, as my siblings got older, they might like my mom knew that they were experimenting with alcohol and she preferred that they did it at home where they were safe. And then as I got older, she started allowing me to drink in the house too. And I remember the first time I got drunk or the first time I really drank was at one of my aunt's house for Thanksgiving, because again, it was one of those situations where, the family got together and there were just kegs everywhere and the parents went to bed or the adults went to bed and the kids had access. And um, yeah, so I know it might sound really irresponsible and really terrible, but I think this is the case for more people than they actually talk about. And to be honest, I'm grateful for being able to experiment starting at a younger age, because by the time I was out of the house, I had learned to be responsible with alcohol and with drinking. So I was never one of those people to be out of control or need a babysitter. I'm always really responsible. And even when I'm drinking, I can still step into that like mother friend role. Um, So it's hard to be in that position and never feel like you are out of control with alcohol, but still at the same time, be sober, curious and be questioning, you know, how you want to use alcohol. I feel like when I turned 19, joined the military and I moved to England, that's when I really started to use alcohol for a crutch. So it helped with my social anxiety. I knew that if I drank, I, it would give me the courage to say the things that I wanted to say and be the person that I wanted to be. It also gave me the confidence to go after the guys that I was interested in. So alcohol became a way for me to not only socialize, but also escape whatever deep feelings that I was having, or, um, especially around that age when I started to diet again, because I was gaining weight from drinking and not really taking care of myself and, So instead of using food as a crutch, then alcohol kind of became that. And then I noticed I was using it more and more to cope. And I would find myself at the end of the day or in the middle of the day saying things like I need a drink or, you know, around my like 19 and 20, because it was legal to drink in England, you know, we would go out to thirsty Thursday and I would come to work on Friday morning and just be throwing up in the trash can, like in between meetings and, um, yeah, it wasn't pretty. I am not proud of that time. And I think that I just assumed that that was like a normal thing that people go through at a certain age, or at least it just felt right for me at the time. And maybe right. Isn't necessarily the word, the, you know, proper word for that, but it felt like, I don't know. I just, I didn't know anything other way to live really. And I'm noticing just, I just want to point out that as I'm talking about this, I'm noticing that I am a little bit weary because I don't want to throw anyone under under the bus, or I don't want it to seem like I judge people who drink the way that they do, or, you know, just like any other decisions that we make as human beings, like we're not all perfect. And so I just want to make it clear that drinking is such a social norm and a lot of us do it. And I personally don't always know exactly why I do it. And I'm not perfect with my behaviors when I choose to drink, but I am just bringing this up because I have been curious and wanted to explore my relationship and behaviors when it comes to alcohol. And I know that a lot of us feel the same way. So I want to kind of interject this moment to remind you that there's no shame here. There's no blame or judgment, or I don't want to demonize people like my grandma or my mom or anything, because I'm actually really grateful for the relationship that we've had and the way that I feel that alcohol has brought us together in some ways. And again, I learned to be realistic and responsible from a young age about the way that I Um, approach drinking. So everyone seems to have a different relationship with and a different story when it comes to alcohol. So I'm just sharing mine. So when I met my husband, Jason, and we started dating and spent a lot of time together, and I really got to know him on a deeper level, I realized that he doesn't really need to drink to have a good time. Which was different for me because I had been told in the past from people that I'm boring when I don't drink or, um, you know, because I've been sober at times when I used to like diet or cleanse or whatever. And during those times, I would be pressured a lot to drink and told that, like, oh, you're just so uptight. And so I just assumed that alcohol was the only way that I was able to let loose and have fun. Otherwise, I'm just a really uptight, intense person. And then I noticed that Jason, you know, was very just outgoing in himself and seemed to be having a good time, whether or not he was drinking. I actually noticed that with him, he almost declines when he's drinking, he gets a little bit annoying. And then if he drinks too much, his body pretty much immediately rejects it. So he gets sick really quickly from drinking too much and I love spending time with him and enjoying time. So if we're on vacation or something, I don't want to pressure him to drink too much because I don't want to lose my friend. And so just seeing his example for the first time in my life, being around someone who was so, I like to describe him as neurotypical. Like he's just has such a healthy mindset and it just seems to come naturally to him. It started to make me more curious about my, behaviors with alcohol, because when we first started dating, I still had a lot of demons to work out. I still had a lot of insecurities and stuff that I hadn't sorted through or healed from. So when I drank alcohol, that's when it came out. And I was really hurtful, really jealous, um, just very toxic, if I'm being honest, when I was around him while drinking. And It was probably the source of a lot of our tension in the early years that we were together. So a few years in was when I got into really deep into like personal development. And that's when I quit dieting and started practice intuitive eating. And through learning how to eat intuitively, I started to live intuitively and do everything else intuitively. And the question that I often ask myself now that's such a habit is, how does it feel in my body? How do I feel? Like, does this feel right for me or does it not? And as I've taken more and more time to explore, I realize that alcohol is still one of those lingering friends that feels like a childhood friend that you hold on for nostalgia purposes, but you often wonder like, what do I still have in common with this person? Like, what is this relationship bringing me? And so I started to explore that. And I want to say it was in 2019, or maybe 2018. Anyway, it was just a few years ago. And I noticed that I got to a point where like drinking became such the norm for me. And that was how I related to all my friends. That's like what I did when I got together with my friends is we'd go out and drink or we'd stay in and drink. And I noticed that for a few times in a row, I actually blacked out from drinking. And that's not something that was common for me to do growing up. And so that started to make me nervous. And I started to question like, you know, should I really be drinking? Um, This probably is not good for me and good for my health, especially. And so that's when I first set the intention of really starting to experiment with, can I learn how to drink intuitively? Which is a little bit hard and a little bit tricky to do, or a lot hard and a lot tricky because eating intuitively or doing anything else intuitively is great when you're in your sober present mind. But as we know, just a few drinks in, we start to lose our inhibitions and lose track of who we are. And that's sometimes what we love about drinking. So it took me a while to experiment, but I definitely hit a point where I know exactly what it feels like when I have had enough. The issue with that can be sometimes that I continue to go past that point, like I talked about this weekend, because it's just the environment and you're in the vibe. And so the tricky part is being able to pause there and decide like, okay, I'm good here. And that has taken me a lot of practice and I've definitely gotten better, but I still have more work to do. So since we've moved here to Okinawa, I've noticed, first of all, the drinking and driving laws are really strict here. Like the legal limit is so low that they advise us like not to even have a drop. So back in the States, you know, you can go out with a friend and have a glass of wine or two or three and feel okay driving, even though that's probably still not a good idea, but it's just the norm but here it's not. So it's really easy to volunteer as the DD or to not use alcohol as a crutch. When you're meeting a new friend, say out to dinner and you're like, Oh, I'll have a glass of wine or two to loosen up. Like you have to just show up sober and just be yourself. And that has really helped me when it comes to my social anxiety, because I still get nervous and I still get anxious, but I'm able to actually work through how I'm feeling and and push past it because I don't have any crutch to fall back on. I just have myself. And so first of all, the strict drinking and driving laws here have made me really second guess my decisions to even just have a drink or two and drive. And I feel like it's going to empower me when I go back to the States to say, you know, I don't stand for this and I won't get in the car with someone who's been drinking. And I personally won't drive if I've been drinking. So that paired with, like I said, just the fact that it's normal to meet friends soberly here and to hang out with people and form deeper connections through all the activities that there are to do, all the outdoor stuff, the beaches and living on base. You know, we have tennis courts and golf course and um, basketball courts. And I've just really delved into... Doing the things that I feel passionate about and I've been taking such care good care of my body through my exercise and workout routines, you know, I start every morning with a morning walk or a jog on Fridays I do yoga on the beach, I go to the gym and lift weights four days a week, and i have just been really taking care of my mental my physical health and everything feels good and so i used to feel that i wanted to drink because i felt almost better when i drank especially if i had a lot of mental agony going on or i physically wasn't feeling good or maybe i was feeling down or depressed another really great thing um not great because the pandemic obviously sucked but a nice part of it was that pre pandemic i would go out even if I didn't want to, and living in Vegas, I'm sure you can imagine all the crowds there always were. And so I would go out just because like, that was the thing to do. And it almost seemed to be the only thing to do out there sometimes. And I would go out and even if I wasn't in the mood or I was too tired and the way that I would help myself push through that is by drinking and so that I could numb out and I could, you know, force myself to get hype or whatever. And I just don't feel the pressure to do that anymore. And I have a good group of friends here that I think is very respectful when I choose not to drink because I'm not the only one. We just kind of rotate. Sometimes we drink, sometimes we don't. And when we aren't in the mood, we'll say like, oh, I'll be the DD or we just all get together and nobody drinks and it's not a big deal it's not something that we even blink about so it doesn't feel like there's that peer pressure as much here and also I found that the people who I'm surrounding myself here uh, with here I don't feel the need to drink you know because I feel that we connect so well and especially last year and when I would go visit home to visit family and stuff I felt immense pressure to drink because there was just so much emotionally going on and so much conflict. And I felt that the only way that I could cope with it when I went home to visit was to drink. And that's what everyone else was doing. And, you know, when we get around our family, there's so much like history there. There's so much trauma that's likely unresolved. So many communication barriers with your parents or your siblings. And that's how I still feel To where sometimes it becomes so overwhelming for me that I just want to drink so that I don't feel too much or that I don't break down because it can be really draining. And again, I'm not saying that to blame my family and say that it's their fault because it's my choice to drink at the end of the day. And it's my choice to set the boundaries that I need to basically at the end of the day, I'm responsible for the choices that I make and the things that I put into my body. And so I'm not putting the blame on anyone, but it's just something that now that I have distance from, and I'm seeing another way, I'm realizing, like, I don't know if I could ever go back to the way that I was before. But most recently, my um, periods have gotten more irregular than ever here. Um, I have had irregular periods since like, I got my period when I was like 13, but I didn't know that your hormones and how balanced or not they are is such a huge indicator of your health. And not only did I spend years dieting and restricting and not nourishing my body enough and then overexercising in the process, but I also had what I believe now to be binge eating disorder for years and binge eating disorder can also cause cycle irregularities and health issues down the line. So it wasn't until five years ago that I did quit dieting that I started to actually think about my hormonal health. And by then it just seemed like things were too far gone. So that's been a back and forth thing on my mind for the last five years and something that I have been able to regulate them for certain periods of time. Um, But I do have to be really intentional during that time. And intentional about how I'm treating my body, the way that I'm resting. You know, I almost feel people tell me sometimes that I seem so disciplined and that I, you know, take so such good care of myself or that it doesn't seem realistic for them. But I have to be like this in order for me to have even a baseline of feeling good or not having anxiety, not having depression and having the energy to get through the day. If I'm not really careful and intentional, I can easily go downhill. And I don't like that because it holds me back from doing the things that I want to and living the life that I really want to. So it's almost like the currency that I have to pay in order for me to live the life that I do and feel the way that I do. And that's my incentive. We all have to find our source of motivation or our why of you know, the reason why we do what we do. And so one of the things that really throws my hormones out of balance is my blood sugar levels. If I have too much sugar at once, which includes sometimes the alcohol that I drink, whether it's wine or mixed drinks, alcohol itself can really throw things off balance. And so where I'm at right now with my gallbladder being removed earlier this year and still experiencing really irregular cycles and my blood pressure is high and my cholesterol is slightly elevated and my thyroid is off balance. I often think to myself, like, why would I even take a chance? Maybe other people who are in generally good health can handle, you know, drinking, certain amounts every once in a while or more often than I do but for me it just is not really serving me anymore I think at this point my body almost has such an adverse reaction to alcohol that almost immediately when I start drinking like a few drinks in my face will turn red I'll get really flushed and irritated like my face feels inflamed my whole body feels inflamed and I almost immediately experience a headache and what do I do for that I take Excedrin almost right away, which you're not even supposed to take when you're drinking. And this all feels really vulnerable to admit, but I feel that I need to get real with myself. And hopefully it can encourage you to not be afraid to get real with yourself sometimes when you know that you're doing something that isn't serving you. I'm not judging myself. I'm not saying that I'm a bad person. There are just certain behaviors that Every once in a while, I need to take a look at and assess what I want to do about it. And so that's how I'm feeling about this. Um, My body is obviously telling me that something is up. So the more I think about this and, you know, like I said in the title of this, I have been sober curious for a long time. And where I'm at with that is that I don't think that I want to go completely cold turkey sober. Because the way that like intuitive eating has worked for me, the way that I realize I'm wired is toward perfectionism and a very extremist mentality. And I can easily want to rebel if I give myself ultimatums. And um, at the same time, I will beat myself up if I break that ultimatum. And so I don't feel called to cut alcohol out completely. I think I would feel differently if I had still had really destructive behaviors, like, you know, being around people and being really toxic in that way. Or if I felt that I was like an alcoholic, um, where I felt that I couldn't control myself. I still feel that Like, for example, I will have a glass of champagne with Jason or I'll have a glass of wine sometimes before we get into sexy time. And I realized that like one glass is perfect. It gets me feeling just a little bit, you know, spicy, but not so much where I'm tuning out and I'm numbing out and I'm not feeling what's going on. So I do really enjoy wine and champagne. And that's something that I just don't feel that I want to give up liquor and mixed drinks. I feel that I can give those up. I also do feel that every once in a while, it's fun when you're out with an, at a new place with your girlfriends or you're on vacation or something, and they have this specialty cocktail. I think that's a time where it does feel, you know, like fun, but again, as long as I'm not like sucking cocktails, cocktails, <laughs> as long as I'm not gulping cocktails down all night and drinking to, Uh, Robin Euclid in her book, go with your gut says something about drinking to remember versus drinking to forget. And I think maybe me even saying that you're already thinking like, I know the difference. I definitely know the difference of me trying to use alcohol as a crutch or a coping mechanism versus me just wanting to enhance that experience. And I realized that that experience will be enhanced to a certain extent when I'm like, again, one to two drinks in, maybe three at the most, but I do notice that I start to numb out and I am not as present. And for me, the more I get clear on my values, I realize I really want to be connected and present to myself and the people around me. And I can only be connected with the people around me as much as I'm connected with myself. So it's just another layer of me learning to really honor and respect and love this body that I'm in. Not always because I love the way it looks because I don't, but because I recognize that it's the vessel that allows me to live the life that I do. So that's where I'm at mentally when it comes to alcohol. Doesn't mean that suddenly from here on out, I'm going to be perfect in the way that I use alcohol or drink, but I definitely am going to add another layer of intentionality and continue to hold myself accountable when, say, I if I wake up with a hangover and just start to think again, like, Lauren, like, really, why are we doing this? Like, let's think about it. And every time that I give myself an opportunity to almost fail in a sense or to make a mistake, quote unquote, or, you know, every time that that happens, it gives me a chance to learn something new about myself and to experiment with, with more ways to do better going forward. And that's the way I look at it. Instead of beating myself up and feeling like such a failure, I'm able to just learn from each experience. And I do notice that I start to evolve and I grow. And if I notice myself backtracking, I just call myself out on it. And all of that has been made possible through all the work that I've done on building self-trust and self-accountability and in some sense of self-discipline, just knowing, having a really clear understanding of who I am and who I am deepening, how I'm deepening my identity and who I've always known that I am, am deep down and you know, what my life goals are and what my life's intentions are using that as a reminder, when I'm making decisions that do or don't serve me and the choices that I make really are a vote for the person that I'm trying to become. And so I just take all of that information into account as I make any decision, not just when it comes to what I'm drinking, but like what I'm eating, how I'm moving my body, whether or not I follow through with my habits or what I tell myself I'm going to do or tell others that I'm going to do and following up with that, it all just comes together and helps me form decisions and information and just continuing to grow and evolve as a person. That's what it's all about. And I've noticed that since I've been more um, focused on those things, I experience depression and anxiety way less regularly, which is a huge step because I'd say for the first 20 or so years of my life, most of it was depression and me being numb and trying to play a smaller version of myself and just being unhappy in who I was in my relationships and some really changing that narrative by building such a strong relationship with myself. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on this episode, if it resonated with you in any way, if you felt any strong kind of feelings, or if it just made you think of anything, or if you have any encouraging words for me, or if you want to share it with a friend who may be struggling with something similar, Um, I would love to continue the conversation with you on Instagram I'm at Lauren M Kendrick if you don't already follow me there. Lauren M as in Marie Kendrick. And I just want to remind you that if you do appreciate the content that I put out and you want to support me in continuing to create even more, you can do so by either interacting with my content through likes, shares, reviews, comments, etc. Those are simple things that help more than you know, not just me but any creator out there. You can also purchase one of my products. So right now I have the body acceptance book and then in January there is a body acceptance workbook coming out. You can get links to all of that again in the description box or the show notes or by going to the bodyacceptance.com. And finally there's one last option of tipping me using the virtual tip jar which is powered by ConvertKit. I just set that up last weekend and I'm really excited about that. It's a really helpful way for you to thank me and then for me to get paid for the work that I'm doing. Most of the work that I do is for free. So again, I appreciate any and all amounts that you are able to offer. And one last time, the links to my products and the tip jar will be available in the description box, the show notes, or by visiting Thebodyacceptance.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it inspired you in some way. And I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Body Acceptance Podcast. Be sure you're subscribed wherever you listen so you don't miss when a new episode drops. If you love this podcast, I would so appreciate if you leave a review. The more positive reviews I have, the more this podcast can reach women like you who are in need of this message. Let's create a ripple effect and inspire more ladies to love themselves. And as always, feel free to share this episode with a friend or tag me on your Instagram stories at Lauren M. Kepler to let me know you're listening. Can't wait to chat with you again next week, but until then... Remember that you're worthy and beautiful as you are right now.